you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Hey everyone, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets in the car, while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. That's hooey and applesauce. Three words for that. Who, blah, and blah. When I'm wrong, I say I'm wrong. Ah, oh, it's gangbusters. It's the Dave Demashek Football Program. Starring Dave Damashek. Now here's your host, Dave Damashek. Hi and hello, football fans. It's your old pal Dave, Dave Damashek. What's going down? I hope all's well wherever you are. Welcome to episode number 66 of the Dave Damashek Football Program. Available as always on iTunes. I'm going to have to demand that you subscribe ASAMP. We are in the midst of uh, not one but two auspicious occasions here. First of all, we have reached the 1 million download plateau. Kudos to me and also kudos to the man seated, as always, to my immediate right from NFL.com. A gangbusters column that uh, just went up last week getting all sorts of attention the world over about uh, which players in the NFL resemble Star Wars characters. I encourage you to look that one up. It's Adam Rank. What's the poop, fella? Hey, boss. Thanks for How having me. How are we? Oh, doing great. Yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a wonderful time. And kudos, I guess, on reaching one million downloads. But to me, I don't know. I, people people seem more excited about it than I am around the, the NFL. People are like, hey, great job on getting to a million. But isn't that sort of, I, I kind of feel, I mean, listen, it's better than not getting to a million right. downloads. But it's one of those things that, you know, if you don't, then, you know. A little bit, yeah, be, you know. We would feel shame, right? Aaron Rodgers throws for 3,000 yards. You're like, oh, yeah, congratulations. It's a nice milestone. We should get to that. We should get to that. Right. Uh, so uh, so anyway, kudos to you. But the other auspicious occasion is that it's episode 66. Mm. And if you're a listener to the show at all, you know that we like to honor the player in not just NFL history, but in sports history, who wore that number best in 66. It begins and ends with one Mario Lemieux, the greatest player. He's nothing less than the greatest player in his sports history. 
And uh, and beyond that, the most significant individual to a single <laughs> franchise in sports history, I would say. Okay. How say you? No. What do you mean, no? I don't know if I agree with any of that. Name one person in sport. I mean, name any athlete who was more significant to one franchise than Mario Lemieux, a man who at 18 Mm -hmm. comes in and by virtue of his talent, like Michael Jordan, in Chicago saves a franchise, starts putting, you know, converts a building that was having that had 6,000 people paying to to watch the uh, the product on the field or on the ice transforms it into a sellout joint and then so saves it then saves it again later in his career by literally owning the team Mm -hmm. and then as an owner then uh, you know out you know wearing the suit and tie wins another championship he has three stanley cups to his name he literally kept the team from moving away Mm -hmm. to a different city on more than one occasion he never has worn another uniform in his sport Mm-hmm. And he's had success as an executive. So even if you would try to say Michael Jordan, which would be faulty because Michael Jordan played for the Wizards and, and doesn't own the Bulls, he owns the Bobcats, or at least is a part owner of it, he's been terrible at doing so. Mm-hmm. Wayne Gretzky has been a failure as a coach. Ma- uh, Mario Lemieux has been nothing. Yeah, okay. has, been, has been tremendously successful as an executive, just as he was as a player. Name anyone in football. Try, who? Who? You're, Curly Lambeau. You're maybe? all over. You're all over the map. I don't understand what your inference is. is He's it, the is greatest it? player in his sports history. If 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 a dope wants to argue with me about that, I'll I, you know people will argue it's still Gretzky arguable. or. or yes. Fine, but he's still risky. in the top three at the very okay. worst. No Fair matter enough. how loco you are, you're going to put him in your top three. Okay, and he's a successful owner, and he's only played. For, he's only he's been affiliated with that franchise now for mm-hmm. more than a quarter century. No one has. I mean, based on that alone, you'll you'd be hard pressed to find any athlete in the 21st century who has only been associated with one franchise. There's uh, no, there is no argument against that. I'd what love, about what about Magic? What about Magic? He always, he's synonymous with the Lakers. All right, now he owns, owns the, the Lakers. Now he owns a baseball team. Exactly, which to me is a little bit bigger. I mean, who's it's bigger one thing, to a city? Who's, to a who's city. more important to a city? Now I'll he hear said, that argument. Now, if if Lemieux would, and and let's say he bought the Pirates and he started infusing the team with talent, well, the difference and is the Lakers were already good. The Lakers were good, and I understand, but but the NBA was down a little bit. But he's come in, he's done. I guess if you're, it has to be a city argument for Magic because I, I hear your Lemieux argument for the the Penguins, and if it wasn't for if it wasn't for Lemieux and the Penguins, you know that the NHL would be on verses right now. Their playoffs would be on verses. Nobody. Oh wait, it's already. I mean, okay. You creep. I mean, that's the thing. Like, because you could make a case for Gretzky. Well, so it's his responsibility See, to elevate well, the entire well, league. That's, that's that's a thing because when you look at Gretzky and what he meant, like if, if there wasn't if Wayne Gretzky didn't come to the Kings, there would be no Anaheim Ducks. There would be no Coyotes. There would be no Dallas Stars. Good. Which then, yeah, exactly. So exactly, that kind of hurts him because you look at it, you're like, well, that's actually a bad thing. He brought hockey down to the Sun Belt, which it didn't need to be at any time. It was fine in Los Angeles, but I would say Magic as a citywide because not only what he's done, what he did for the Lakers was pretty significant. He, he saved the franchise. The NBA was it was in bad shape. 
He's fixing neighborhoods in Los Angeles. You can't if you if you drive around LA, you'll see a Magic Johnson twenty four hour fitness. You'll see a Magic Johnson TGI Fridays, Magic Johnson Starbucks. It's movie a little theaters. arrogant how he puts his name on everything. A isn't little it? bit. Well, you know, it's it's a marketing thing, and I understand it's you know it's it's the Dodgers soon to be Magic, Magic Johnson Johnson's presents awesome. the LA, LA Dodgers. I, I would be I would be for that, and yes, and so now he's stepped up, and he was part of a group that saved the Los Angeles Dodgers and who knows if his work is done because you never know, you know, there might be a football team someday playing at farmer's field in, in Los Angeles. And if you're all around right, a so computer, that's for city, but now talk about who's city. all over the place. You, I'm talking about the franchise well, you're 66, all over the place. and I'm not going to discuss any other 66s. I'm not going to mention Alan Fanica. I'm not going to mention David DeCastro who Ray now Nitschke? wears 66. I'm not going to mention uh, Ray Nitschke or anyone else because 66 belongs to 66 Mario Lemieux. Now, We'll talk. You know what, Rank? Let's do. Let's do it the the right way. The NHL playoffs are underway. Let's talk Lemieux and so on for the for the uh, for the puck files. Mm-hmm. Let's do that. We'll do a part two podcast, and we'll we'll do that later. But today, this is a, you know. Look, I make no bones about the fact. I'm, I'll not apologize, especially in May. That we don't just talk NFL football. We are mm-hmm. sports fans. In fact, we're lovers of life, you and me. And so we like to talk about all things movies. We got, we haven't, we, you know, we also have to have a superhero blockbuster show because mm-hmm. this is what they're calling the, uh, the, the summer of superheroes in right. the movies because, you know, the Avengers is out now and then Batman and Spider-Man. So we got to have a whole thing about that. But listen, we'll, we'll save the hockey talk for a part two. Of episode 66, because okay. I think it deserves that. But right now, we're going to talk to, well, not this second, but we're in, a, in a moment, we'll talk to Steve Weish, who, you know, of course, from NFL Network and NFL.com, does the Cover 2 podcast, writes all those columns, so on and so forth. And most importantly, in my book rank, he's a delight. That's what I say about Steve Weiss. Oh, he's, love he's, the guy. Yeah, he's he's one of the the nicer, uh, more pleasant faces to to see as you walk the NFL Network calls here in Culver City, California. Speaking of pleasant faces to see, black tie behind the glass. Kudos to you. You haven't been with us producing the show all the way, black tie. But let's first of all let's hear your theme music. Black tie sitting on the other side. Last from Dave and the other guy All his life He's been only waiting for this podcast to arise Black tie tribe Black tie tribe To book us a guest like Jerry Rice Ah, that's nice. See, that's the, he loves that song. How are you, Black Tie? Doing good. It's finally grown on me. Still working on the remix, though. It's coming out later. Yeah, right you, you've been wait. promising that since, uh, what was it, episode 33 where you first joined us? Yep, yep. Is that what it was? I didn't know that. So Black Tie's been with us for, for one half of our run. That's terrific. I like that. Interesting. I don't know. Should we, should we rank the producers? Let's not do that. Okay. That could get uncomfortable. Okay. I don't want to do that. The black tie. We're celebrating. Right. So black tie. Kudos to you. And uh, and let's let's. I, I like the idea of you yapping. What do you want us to talk about right now? Well, I mean, you guys before always talk about. Wait, before you get to that, what? can we talk? What about a little MCA? I think because oh we got gosh. caught. 
Well, we missed out. We didn't get a chance oh, to talk gosh. about Junior Seau. Two sad things, yes. Junior Seau, yeah. Which, is, which was horrible. And then MCA also, where it was a real, like, a downer of a week for a guy. You know, I grew up in Southern California, so I watched Junior Seau through his entire career. But MCA, too. And, and it's weird because when I was in high school, I had a, a Beastie Boys video cassette that they had. And it was, like, it had some of their old stuff on it. Like, I can't, if you go to YouTube, I can't find a video for She's On It. Which is one of their weird. You can't find a. Rec- I have a hard time finding a recording for their version of Back in Black, and they had the uh, prank calls with Cookie Puss. And if you're watching this this video, the end of it is a backstage thing where they're they're partying with girls and they're somewhat you know somewhat they're they're really inappropriate. And MCA is doing some really you know things that you couldn't probably put on TV. And it amazed me that when you look at him, he, he was starting off like the rest of us, a teenager, you know. MCA of the Beastie Boys. I don't know if we Adam said Yuck. Beastie Sorry. Boys yet. I don't Sorry. know if we actually said in case people don't know. But it's really weird if you watch his entire career the way it unfolded. Is he started as that kind of, you know, immature person who was singing about girls and, you know, beer and, and things like that, which, you know, as a teenager you were into. And then it evolved all the way into became, you know, where he was a, an activist. And a, a political type figure, and to lose somebody like that to me was it just uh, opposed to like some celebrity deaths like this one just stung a little bit more. Well, yes, very sad young guy and uh, a very funny guy on top of everything else as uh, as the King Ad Rock is uh, also in Mike D. They're funny guys, mm-hmm. but uh, but yeah. I, you know, Paul's Boutique from 1989, one of the semo, seminal uh, rap records of all time. Well, you know, the Dynamite. I would rank them like this. I would go Low End Theory from Tribe Called Quest number one, mm-hmm. my favorite uh, rap record. Paul's Boutique two, or maybe it's maybe they're tied at the top. And uh, and Fear of a Black Planet by Public Enemy. As you can tell, I'm old school. I don't. I, I missed the entire Jay Z. Even Dr. Dre, I missed that. I, I missed that whole thing. I'm from the Chronic on. I basically miss. I, I, what about I, Straight Outta Compton, N.W.A.? Um, like it, pretty hardcore. It's good. Yeah, I guess uh, this is a subject that I'm being pretentious to having a discussion about because my experience is pretty limited. But uh, but I do love all those beats. Check Your Head was a great record, mm-hmm. and uh, so yes, so very sad with that. But then you say Seau, also. Uh, I mean, sad and 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 weird more than anything. Just you know, to, well, out out of the blue. I don't think anybody don't, wait, had wait, any sense. Wait a minute. In That's, spite of the fact that two years ago know, that, that was in October, and you know what? That was when you look back at it. You know, that was him probably saying, "You know what? I need some help." And nobody what drive? You mean driving off, off the, the road cliff two and, years ago? Yeah, in Oceanside, and nobody. And I remember his ex-wife was quoted in the stories. If you went back and read them, about like he's fine. He would never try to hurt anybody. And I think everybody just kind of had that attitude. Like if you if you spend any time with Junior Seau, and I was fortunate enough to 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 run in with him, uh, do some stuff with him with the early days when I was working for NFL Publishing, and got to talk to him a lot. And everybody who came in contact with him, you read this. You know, over the past week when everybody was eulogizing him, is that everybody would talk about what a great guy he was. And I remember one time I went down to the Chargers practice to go talk to him specifically, and he forgot and he took off. He was injured. And, you know, the the crew caught him, you know, at his restaurant in Mission Valley, and I had to go down there and meet him. And the one thing that it, he had his own restaurant, and the one thing was is that he was really involved because he, he called one of the uh, hostess by name with her back turned. So he obviously wasn't 
reading a name tag or anything. And it, and it just struck me about a, a guy who's like, you know what? He's here. He's active. He knows his employees. He has a great relationship with them. And needless to say, you know, we had a great conversation. He bought dinner. I got it was actually game four of the 2002 World Series. That I was that's no first. small deed to buy Adam Rank dinner. Yeah, you know, that's that's a big deal, you know. And then, you know, hey, whatever you want for the rest of the night. And it was, you know, oh, and it was that kind the of bill you must uh, whatever you want the rest I, of the night. I did some damage. E-gad. Well, I think we went upstairs for um, by uh, yourself. I, but I'm sure if he said that, I'm sure you you, you call you got on the I got pulled phone. Up, you, you, you I got <laughs> the phone tree started working. Yeah. Free food alert. That's free sales. booze alert. Now, yeah. I got pulled up to Doug Flutie's birthday party that night. I think it was Flutie. What but a anyways, name dropper. I know. Well, it was a thing. It's funny because I remember the last time I was talking to Jay Moore, he said, whatever you do, don't name drop. <laughs> <laughs> and so, well done. But Junior Seau, a great guy. And, and you know what? And it, it, it's Another sad one, and a, a guy that I well, got a chance to know, and I'll miss him. Very sad, um, and a lot of people have now spun this conversation into uh, what is this going to do for the future of the NFL. A lot of people talk, you know, uh, you know, uh, making it as though there is a apocalypse on the horizon for the NFL because it's already been assumed that this is related to concussions. You know, even though he's never mm-hmm. he was never diagnosed with a, a concussion, a lot of people have already jumped to the conclusion that it's the result of that and the the facts speak for themselves whether or not this had anything to do with uh with uh with Seau the results are in you know concussions uh, over the long term are not good for NFL players for NHL players we've seen what ha- we saw what happened with some of those enforcers um over the summertime last year and uh the the boxers obviously that's the evidence you need is over the last quarter century plus you see the effects as those guys get older so obviously the NFL is doing its best to try and and as much as possible, fix the situation. It's a collision sport, though. And you and I have talked about a lot. It's interesting to see. You know, Kurt Warner made some, um, and Black Tie, I know that's one of the things you were going to mention. Was was, uh, was the Kurt Warner. We were, get, we were getting there, sorry. Finally. That, that Kurt Warner made, you know, he's, a, he's, an, he's not just a... NFL former NFL player, but as you know, he's an NFL Network guy. So I, you know, it, it's interesting. First of all, and I, I, I sound like a corporate shill, but it, it, but you know, kudos to the NFL Network for letting Kurt Warner go on the air and say I would never let my my sons play football. You know, well, I, I, I think that part of it's overblown. I don't think that that's. But he was saying that he would have concerns about his son playing because of the violent nature of the sport. Well, but either way, it's still. Uh, 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 you would think, at least, nobody's uh, not like the executives call me up and say, Dave, what do you think about Kurt Warner's remarks? But I would think that that raised an eyebrow in the front offices, right? That they would say, wow, our guy, one of our one of our guys is saying that. I get you. What would you, what, what would you say? Well, I wasn't allowed to play football. Mo Damashek would never have it. She would, uh, you know, she was a nurse and she said, oh, I've seen far too many injuries rolling through here. Mm-hmm. This is before any stuff with, with concussions or, or brain related uh, trauma. This is just the, the bodily harm that, uh, that happens from playing football. And when, do, with your natural, you know, ability, this probably saved you from a long career of football. I know. That well, it's too more... bad because, you know, I am gifted. I, I'm born on the banks of the three rivers. As you know, you're born with a rifle attached to your shoulder when you are, are born in the city of well, it produced Marino, Montana, Namath, Unitas, to name just a few. I think I just named the four greatest quarterbacks of all time. Is that right? Because it's pretty of, close. That's... It is. Uh, <laughs> uh, imagine. Those guys are all from Pittsburgh. 
as am I. So you can see the damage I would have done to the NFL. But the thing, I, the point I always make about it is, it's bigger and faster. Everybody wants to fix it, but it's these guys are bigger and faster. That's that's the difference. Why didn't we hear about this, you know, thirty years ago? Why didn't we hear about as much? Well, the diagnoses of concussions is one thing you probably didn't know that they were happening as much as they are now but i also think that legitimately that they are happening much more anecdotally rank when you watch football on sundays does it not seem like there are more severe injuries when you're watching the games now than there were 30 years ago it's anecdotal you could say well it's because i have the ticket now i see every game and so i'm more aware of what's happening play to play but it is and it's the result of the guys being, you know, more superhuman than they used to be. Jack Lambert, a generation ago, played middle linebacker for the best defense, and he was 220 pounds. That's just not something you would ever see anymore. And now these guys are lightning fast. Mm-hmm. It's a different, and they they weigh much more, so those collisions are more severe when they happen. And I think that uh, you know, if if you have two, um, you know, two K cars go, you know, go. 15 miles an hour and run into each other it will do less damage than if you have two suvs go 40 miles an hour and collide that's i mean that's the difference um so the bottom line is at least uh, you know uh, Kamish goodell and company are attempting to to address the situation i'll be very interested to see what happens and it's it's a wise move to try and and fix it because the notion that well the nfl is the most popular sport it's untouchable horse racing and boxing were also but you know if you would have said 60 years ago to somebody those sports will not be as popular as basketball and 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 pro football people would have scoffed at that 60 years ago so obviously these things are subject to change um and but i do question also with as much attention as there is to the bounty and uh, you know to, to all that sort of thing why is baseball off the hook when guys throw baseballs 90 plus miles an hour at each other why is that not as big a concern for anyone because they're wearing helmets that's the sport yeah they're wearing helmets in football and hockey too yeah, but it's not an every play thing. I mean, how often do you see a guy get drilled in the head? All right, that's a, so well, that's guy, a the, fair point. It's the, the repetition. The defenseless. He's you still think though in in these heightened uh, these t- times when people are uh, are more acutely aware of these sorts of things that people might balk at that more than they do. Like that's oh, that's baseball. Them's, them's the rules. You well, you can't you know, crowd the pro, can't crowd the plate. That Cole Hamels thing was so was so ridiculous as far as I'm concerned. So he's not signing with Washington. I take it. <laughs> it's welcome that that's old school baseball. It is. I don't remember ever seeing that. You just being a guy because he's a rookie. No, a little you, bit. Well, if, he didn't if he's a pain, head. if he's a pain in the butt, then you being him. If he's well, a if he's a presumptuous rookie, what's this guy done to to earn really? a beaning? What's Harper? he done? What's he done? He's a legitimate a hole. He is. Yeah. You ever right. been following Harper's career? I have, but he hasn't done it. He doesn't wear the 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 uh, the lamp black under his eyes to look like a look like a vampire or anything anymore. What's he done? He's a nineteen year old kid. What's he supposed to do? All right, Cole Hamels beans him. All right, Are he's an old school dude. Cole Hamels is a. I like to see it. He didn't go at his head. Let, it's fine. All right, fellas, we have Weiss coming in here in a second. But before that, I just want to get your quick thoughts on these real quick, if you can. Yes or no? Yes or put them in the form of yes or no. Maybe we'll see. All right, LG three already named the starter. Hashtag too soon. What do you guys think? 
Hashtag I'm too hashtag, soon. Yeah, That's how you speak now? Yeah, you speak Lord. in Twitterese? That is what I'm doing. All right. Um, well, no surprise. They traded up to get him, and it, it would be – that's one of those things that we talk about 10 years ago or 15 years Five ago. Five seconds left. What's that? Five seconds left. You're on the clock. Oh, right. I didn't realize we're in it. What, what, when did, so now Black Tie makes rules? Two, eight, two seconds. No surprise. I'm not surprised at all. He's a, he, they, they traded up to get him. If it were 1995, to say that the rookie's going to start would be a surprise. With Roethlisberger, Matt Ryan, Cam Newton, Andy Dalton, of course you would start this guy. Right, go. Kirk Cousins starting in week four. Great. <laughs> it's Mike Shanahan for crying out loud. Rex Grossman will start a game this year and not because of injury. Just because right. Shanahan's crazy. All right, next one. Apparently or reportedly Tomlinson, 95% retired. Hashtag top 10 RB of all time. Go. I thought he retired uh, <laughs> right in front of that AFC title game against the Patriots a few years ago. Did he have to retire because he didn't have space for another tattoo? Good question. Don't know, though. Well done. Last one, Was though. it? Nah. How is that not well done? That was good. That was a nice job. All right, last one before Weiss <laughs> comes in. Avengers came out this weekend. I don't know if you've seen it, but it broke the record, $207 million. Mm-hmm. Hashtag Avengers of Dark Knight Rises. What's more successful? What will be the most successful of those movies? Box Batman. office numbers. Weekend box office. Will Dark Knight hit 207? I don't care weekend? about that. I got to tell you... Box office crap is, to me, this weird insider obsession that America has now with the, with box office is a weird thing. Who cares? Why, 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 does, why does the average American know about that? <laughs> Who cares? It's a way for us to quantify it the same way that you look at BCS rankings or well, anything faulty, like that. Well, it's faulty, though, because it's, it doesn't— It it's, should be tickets sold. Yes. If, if they would make it like that, then it would be more interesting to me. How much money a movie makes doesn't make any sense to me because— of course, you pay five times as much as you did then when I, from when I was a child. Even let's make it. Let's let's that should be our push. More importantly, yeah, I mean, people are, but but more importantly, which one would you want to see? I said I would want to see Batman over the Avengers, Spider Man, the clear cut number three in my book. All right, I, time, time, jeez, bring him in then, Black Tie. Here comes our guy in through the door. You know him from uh, the Cover Two podcast. Mm-hmm. With, uh, along with uh, his new pal, Jason Smith, our old pal from the Fantasy, Fantasy Show. Fantasy Live, yep. And, uh, and then, of course, on NFL.com right now, on Monday came out his, uh, his NFC column, who's, who's the most likely to knock off the Giants and get to the Super Bowl, and then he goes through it by division, mm-hmm. which teams are going to challenge last year's champion of, uh, of the division crown. And now on uh, Tuesday, you'll find the same column, for the AFC in the divisional races, who's likely to challenge the 2011 champion? It's Steve Weish. What's happening, fella? Hey, man. Thanks for having me on the show. I, you know, I, I'm glad to be in the den here. Yeah, welcome so, to Studio 66, an auspicious show, of course. It's it's episode 66 for us. That's great. Congratulations, man. You know, you're, you're, you. you're nearing a milestone. What, what, 70, 7,500, whatever. You can celebrate it as a milestone. Yeah, well, we got to, yeah, we got to uh, a million downloads of our show. That's unreal. You, I mean, that's why the show is killer. That is awesome. So, yes. Yeah, so, so, listen, much to discuss, but le- you're, you're a St. Louis guy. Let me ask you, do you agree? Do you have another name you'd like to throw out? I contend that. Mario Lemieux, the most significant individual to a single franchise in sports history, at least American sports. I don't know what goes on in in the EPL or any of that nonsense. 
Oh, okay. So, I mean, no, I mean, he, he's got to just in terms of, you know, I, I, I think it could be disputed across the board um, in terms of overall relevance because some people will consider hockey a niche sport just like they consider the NBA a niche sport or boxing a niche sport. But it is one of the major sports, what Mario Lemieux did in coming in, just the influence he's had over that franchise now. I mean, he's still an overall legend. But I frankly have to, to disagree, and, and it's, it's going to sound crazy because – you know, the Lakers and the Celtics were already standard bearers of so many championships in the NBA. But I think Magic Johnson and Larry Bird not only saved their franchises, they saved the NBA. Exactly. I mean, I mean you, you, you're you looking at a situation where these games are on tape delay, late at night, you know, almost like, you know, in the old movie theaters when they would show the boxing on, on satellite. That's how the NBA was viewed. I mean, they came in at a time. Heavy drug abuse, open, you know, players getting arrested for all kinds of uh, illicit activity that would make today's players crimes. And then Pac-Man Jones looked like a saint compared to what was going on in the NBA. <laughs> and these guys came in and really salvaged the entire image of the NBA. Magic brought the Lakers back to the forefront. Larry Legend brought the Celtics back to the forefront. So I can see your point about Lemieux, but I just think in more of an iconic status, those two guys really injected fuel into the the whole NBA's image, as well as those franchises, which were struggling a little bit when uh, when they came into the league. Hmm. Well, you make That's some salient I... points, and uh, Black Tie, I'll thank you to uh, let him feel the sting of the blaster. <laughs> thank oh. you. I'm sorry oh. that that had to happen. <laughs> oh, my but God. I, you know, but, but listen. Off the top turnbuckle. Well, you know what? <laughs> you did it to yourself. That's what I always say. I, I didn't do it to you. I, Ultimately, you did it to yourself. I didn't. You're in Studio 66, sir. Now, before we get into before we get into these columns, which uh, struck my fancy um, here in May, it's isn't it great that we can uh, that that it seems like the NFL still is more significant, and with all the we talk about every week, NBA playoffs, Stanley Cup playoffs going on, baseball season underway, and yet uh, this this is more captivating to me at least than any of the other things. Well, of course, because right you're now. a Pirates fan and your Penguins <laughs> have been eliminated. You know, for me, we got the Kings just. Swept the blues. Wait, excuse me, real quick, Black Tie. Can we let uh, Rank feel the sting of the blaster again? Ow, God! Let's say, well, you know, again. I mean, I, I don't know wow, why. You just get a son nice. Son of a. You just get. You, you just get a powerful reminder of what I thought was, and then you go and do that. I don't understand why you would do that on such a special day as today. I can't believe but you're you right. shot first. <laughs> <laughs> um. So. Uh, so yes, so you're so you grew up a bit of a puck fan. You went to the yep. Checker Dome. You enjoyed some games. Went to the out old there. Checker Dome, yeah. I had a lot of friends whose parents were like VPs of Anheuser Busch. So we had these great seats on the glass to watch the Blues. I mean, they were always good. I mean, Mike Liute mm-hmm. was in goal for the Blues. I mean, I think they got some of the coolest uniforms. Agree. One, one thing about growing up in St. Louis is that the only team that routinely sucked were the football Cardinals. Mm-hmm. Okay, see, I was, I'm, I'm old enough, but the Rams were still in Los Angeles. They would beat us the two times we got in the playoffs in franchise history in St. Louis, but the Blues were always competitive and the Cardinals were always there. So I'm a little bit spoiled, even though the Blues just went down without a fight against the Kings. By the way, Adam, I mean... Without a fight! Like, I mean, it, it was so bad that the Kings were playing shorthanded and still beating still, still be, I mean, they got the hot goalie, though. I mean, that's that's hockey. You get a hot goalie going to the playoffs, you don't have to score a lot of points, and that's what the Kings do, and they're grinding it out. I got a strange feeling. L.A. is going to be the uh, the playoff postseason spot with the with the Kings. Well, you know the, the NHL. The, the NHL is desperate for the finals <laughs> to wind up being the blue shirts from New York 
and uh, the L.A. Kings because right. that, that would redeem not having the likes of the Blackhawks and Penguins right. and, sure. and Wings in there. But the but, but the fact of the matter is the entire Campbell Conference, nay, Western Conference, is all rubbish. It's all dreadful. Those teams are so boring. They're all so snoozy <laughs> to watch. They all want to play games. Every game they play is supposed to be a 2-1 game. But can you imagine the NHL must have their fingers crossed if it gets – instead of the L.A. Kings, the second biggest market, if it's right. the Coyotes oh, yeah. that oh, no one no. cares about. That, that, would see a really kill them. that would completely kill them. Yeah, awful. I remember in 81, you may recall, uh, Mike Liute squared off with Greg Millen of the Pittsburgh Penguins in a gem of a game. Remember that? I think it was, what was that, triple overtime? I don't remember who scored the goal for your Blues. But, uh, yeah, that was an 81 I don't remember that. Bernie yeah. Federico or something. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's talk, uh, let's talk football. And, by the way, as a side note, um, speaking of the last football game that was played was uh, the Super Bowl in Indianapolis. And I had the, uh, I had the pleasure of sitting next to your wife. In, uh, in, oh. uh, up in Indy. Yeah, absolutely. But my friend was also up there. He was a Patriots fan. <laughs> my friend Feeney, he had a few too many. He bent the ear for the entire <laughs> second half of, of Weish's. They had some great stories to tell about him. <laughs> well, the, the best part, Adam, was they were just like, you're, 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 my wife's from Jamaica, right? Uh-huh. And your friend David, he was just so embarrassed for his friend. And I'm just like, man, Damashek's got a conscience like that? Who <laughs> <laughs> would know? Weish's vision of a, of a woman, you know. We're, we're talking, uh, hard to believe she's talking about her grown children and everything. Uh-huh. And um, I, I'm saying to, to my friend Feeney, listen. This is a guy, you know, this is a guy who I work with. This is his wife. Please <laughs> oh, mind she's not your man. She's not easily offended, trust me. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I'm glad we survived that. I apologize to Weish at, at like 5.30 a.m. the next morning, a Monday about, about morning. About 12 flight. million times. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's talk about 2012. And uh, like I say, I was fascinated by your analysis, and I disagreed with it. Um, in some places, let's start with the I NFC. So. You have the Giants. Who's going to challenge mm-hmm. them? You have the Eagles. I'm now calling the the 2011 Dream Team the Redeem Team. I think they will wash away the stink of last season, and I think they're going to be terrific. And in fact, they'll finish ahead of the Giants in the in the NFC East. However. The crown of that division will be won by the Dallas Cowboys. I just can't do it. I, I just, Why not? Know, it's it's like for years, you know, trying to root for the New York Knicks to get to the finals. You just can't do it. Just they they just the carpet gets pulled out from underneath you every time. And you look at how the schedule always sets up for them. It's in November. miserable. It's the hardest schedule right, in the league. Right. I think. And, and it sets up for them, you know, always in November though. For whatever reason, they get I don't know if it's a sweeps month or whatever, but they get a favorable <laughs> schedule in November, and they always crap out. Even last year, they had an opportunity to go up to New York. The Giants were just kind of feeling themselves. I think they'd won two games in a row. And they just got blown out. I mean, every time it seems like it's on the line, they don't do it. And I just think Philadelphia, and my my point in the column is the addition of D'Amico Ryans, Mm -hmm. the most respected player. Agree with that completely. He was the most respected player in the Texans locker room. And the one thing that all those all-star parts that the Eagles put together is they were spokes. Now they've got a cog in the wheel for those folks to fit in. I think they're going to be a much better team. I don't even think it'll be to the point where Dallas is going to have a chance at the end to win the division. Well, obviously, strong statement, but the weakness, and, you know, I, I on one hand, Cowboys fans, uh, the, the, the stuff you were hearing in December, January um, this year was uh, – 
was a lot of stuff like, well, you can't blame Romo. It was the secondary. Well, listen, the the Packers ended up doing pretty well with a atrocious sure. defense. Aaron Rodgers was able to overcome that. And I think you do hang a couple of early season losses on Romo specifically. But still, so let's say, and, and Rank and I have gone on and on and on about Romo. How In a league now where a guy gets a half to prove whether or not he can be a starting QB in the NFL, how Tony Romo has been able to hold on to the starting job there with so much pressure on him for six seasons is, is unfathomable to me. But that being said, I think if he can stay healthy and those two uh, receivers can stay healthy, that offense should be gangbusters. And... On defense, the the problem was the secondary. Well, it seems fixed now, doesn't it? I mean, it's a, they, they've done what the Texans did last year. They bring in a nice free agent, and Brandy they Carr, and they add nice. a, and they add a guy high in the draft, and suddenly the weakness is now a strength to me. So now, where's where's the flaw on that Cowboys team? First off, offensively, who who gets it done in crunch time for them? Yeah, you're, I hear a big pause. As long as they don't lose it in the light this year. Look, those who, did, who, did Tony, who did Tony Romo go to when they needed points last year, when they needed a big play? LaRon he went Robinson. to LaRon Robinson. Who's gone, I mean, LaRon Robinson. I mean, you already got Miles Austin. Who's there? You've got Des Bryant. Who's there? On defense, who do they call upon when they needed a big play? DeMarcus Ware. Okay, we know everyone in the league knows DeMarcus Ware's the guy. Where have they – okay, I, I do like getting the, the addition of Brandon Carr – they go out and get Morris Claiborne. They're they're probably a little bit better in the secondary, but is their pass rush any better? I suppose not. But Anthony it, Spencer, you know they're they're paying they, they want to pay him big bucks. I mean, my my thing is just in terms of in a music. Where do these teams really get better? I mean, I think the Giants are going to be very solid. Uh, the Redskins, I think, have gotten better to the point of these other teams. I'm not sure. It should be a brutal division because right. the Redskins is the fourth play presumed fourth place team. Are much stronger than, than well, talk, like right. the Browns in the NFC in the AFC North, as a for instance. So yeah, top to bottom, that's maybe the toughest division. But with the Redskins, that's another team like fool me once type of thing. What has Shanahan done with any quarterback who wasn't Steve Young, who wasn't John Elway, and who wasn't Jake Plummer? He struggled, and I understand that a rookie can come in there and maybe do what Cam Newton did last year, but he hasn't proven it. And I think the Redskins. Well, they're not well, going to challenge for the division. Yeah, and he hung his hat on John Beck and Rex Grossman. I mean, come on. I mean, they were just asking for what happened. Mm-hmm. Um, their defense is a playoff caliber defense. I mean, some people will make that argue that point. I think they're loaded with guys like Ryan Kerrigan and Arakpo. Another year in the system, they're going to be better. All they're going to need is for RG three to make some plays. That's a division where you don't have to score thirty five, forty points a game unless you're playing the Eagles. I mean, that's that's the shootout opponent. So. Washington could be a wild card here, but I just really think the Eagles, if Michael Vick stays healthy, are, are going to be here. Well, you know, Romo has had a hard time staying healthy, but Vick, it's almost impossible. Yep. And, and the the older he gets, obviously, the more brittle he's going to become. So, And I don't even know who their well, backup. Who, who is slated Mike to Kafka. be? Kafka. Kafka. Like, who, who, are the, who, are, who are the Eagles' go-to guys on offense if they need a big play? Uh, they've got plenty. I mean, Jeremy Macklin has made plays. Brent Selleck has made plays. In the- and... Uh, they also have a running back who might be the best running back in the NFL when you put the old package together with Shady McCoy. But again, but it's it doesn't like the, it's not like there's a huge history of them coming through and making these great plays. I don't sit there, you know, and think about you know Macklin, Deshaun Jackson, great players, great ancillary parts. But I don't remember some one of those guys just stepping up. I mean, last year, look at them. I mean, when they needed to make plays, they didn't. They didn't make. They them, turned right? the ball over. I mean, you look. You look at why they lost games last year, and look at their turnover. And plus, 
you know, they're, they're plus minus. That's where they lost ball games. As bad as that defense was and everything, it was the turnovers that buried them. They had a chance to be right there. I mean, they had a chance to, to come out even after that bad start. But just turnovers, and then when Vince Young had to come in for those three games for Michael Vick, that that didn't go too well. No, right. it wasn't good. And I, I, but I just feel that they're in the same position as the Cowboys. Is it? They've got a bunch of guys who have the talent to make big plays when it when it's crunch time that just haven't done it yet. Love the all. Listen, love the all pit backfield uh, in yep. in Philly there with uh, Deion Lewis backing up Shady McCoy, who I agree with you is is uh, dynamite. But you, you talk you can't really cast aspersions on the Cowboys' pass catchers if Deshaun Jackson and Jeremy Macklin and Brent Selleck. Wouldn't you rather have Witten, Austin, Desi Bryant? Yeah, you know, if, if you got to go wild card, though, I mean, I still I'll take Jason Avant. I mean, I just like what what Philadelphia is able to do. I think a little bit more consistently in the passing game is move the chains. The one thing Dallas is able to do when. D'Amico, uh, I'm sorry, DeMarco Murray is healthy, is run the ball. And that's something, you know, Philadelphia's had this identity crisis for years. They invest all this money in their offensive line, and they make them dancing bears. Okay, they don't push the ball mm-hmm. on the ground when they need to push it, and that's how come they've fallen short so much. I mean, they, they just they can't convert in short yardage too many of the times. And last year, they were just such an easy mark to run the ball against. Again, I think this year getting D'Amico Ryans defensively is going to give that kind of hot and cold offense better field position in which to operate, and that is huge if you look at a team like the 49ers last year when they were able to play on short fields. Well, listen, yeah, and, you know, you figure another year and things settle in for Namdi, and uh, and, and uh, so that defense should be better, like you say, with, uh, with Ryans, and then they make the additions up front. So the defense should be better. I say they're in the playoffs. Like I say, though, mm-hmm. I think the Cowboys win the division and the Giants are in the, on the outside looking in. What about the Packers, Packers fix their defense? It would sit, not entirely fix it. Nick Collins uh, now. Can, that, that's uh, a huge loss. Yeah. That's a huge loss. Talk to Clay. I talked to Clay Matthews about that uh, a few weeks back. And, yeah, that was a massive loss. And now they, they release him right. and don't really fix that spot. They, they didn't fix that spot. But at least the pass rush should be superior. They should be more stout up front. Is it enough, though, with that gangbusters offense to uh, to to win that division again, to dominate again, or will the Bears catch up, will the Lions catch up? What, do you, what, what say it's, you it's gonna be It's going to be tough. I mean, i got to tell you, the Packers are loaded offensively. I don't think other teams have still been able to kind of figure out what you know how to stop them defensively, but Detroit's offense, man, they're going to put points up on the board. And in my column, I say the Bears are the biggest threat. I mean, mm-hmm. getting Brandon Marshall, even if he gave give gives them what he gave Miami, that's a significant upgrade sure. than what they've had. Because okay, it allows you to slot Johnny Knox. Johnny Knox is not a number great. one, but if you make him a number two guy, now he should have a gangbusters year. Absolutely. And, I mean, you know, they get, you know, if they get, they got to get Matt Forte. I think that's going to get done. They'll get a long-term deal done. They back him up with Michael Bush. So they've got some running depth right there. I think he'll be better than Marion Barber was. I just think, you know, Chicago last year, before Cutler and Forte got hurt, other than Green Bay, was the most dangerous team in the NFL. I mean, they were rolling mm-hmm. defensively. Their defensive line is so good. They add Shea McClellan. Um, it's going to take him a little while. He's going to play. The, they'll flip-flop Peppers. You know, that's the one thing. They flip-flop their defensive ends. But I think Chicago's going to be good. And, and the, the Packers, though, I mean, they're going to be tough to unseat. I mean, I don't think they're going 15 to 1, but I I know some folks on that staff and on that team. Defensively, they tried some things that didn't work. The loss of Cullen Jenkins was huge. They've mm-hmm. got to still 
kind of figure out what they're going to do right there. B.J. Raji was not the player he was the year before. I think they'll fix some things. I think they're a little, again, a little shady there on the back end. They've got some things to work out with those corners. Tremont Williams played last season hurt. They didn't advertise it very much, but they put him in a bad spot. You know, I, I've spoken to some coaches here. said we put him in a bad spot, putting on the, him on the field with a shoulder injury he should not have been on the field with. He'll be better. It's just tough. You know, Mike McCarthy, you know, with, with, with Sean Payton out of the league, he's the most aggressive play caller in the NFL. I mean, he is cutthroat. So it's, it's, it's going to be tough to knock off the Packers, but that division – I mean, it's it's going to be scary. That might be the best division in the NFL if it weren't for the Vikings being such well. That's a, why I would a negative skip a, albatross. I, 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 at least the Redskins are better than the Vikings, right. so I guess the NFC East top to bottom is better. But my goodness, NFC yeah. South is the toughest. Yeah, that's what I wanted to talk well, about because that's yeah. yeah I want to get to that division. You spent some yeah. time in in Atlanta, mm-hmm. and you were talking about New Orleans, a defending champ. Yep. Biggest threat you said was Tampa Bay. Yep. Why? Well, I mean, and I based this, and with the caveat to this column is like the offseason moves to get better. I mean, Atlanta is going to continue to be good. Their defense will be better because Mike Nolan, who's been very good at fixing defenses, is coming in to try to fix a defense that has not played up to par. And they've got a ton of money invested in that defense, a lot of first-round draft picks, and they just added Asante Samuel. So they'll be good. I think Carolina is going to be good. If their defense stays healthy, they could actually be very scary. Mm -hmm. Um, They've got Steve Smith some help at wide receiver. Some of the other guys are still going to have to step up. Who's the help at wide receiver for Carolina, Me? I think that I'm going to come in and play for oh, good for, for ten you. games. No, I, I tub. I, 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 I hadn't read the uh, the ticker of late. That, that's okay. No, I mean I think they'll be better. I mean I think now you're going to see so much of a focus shift towards Cam Newton that they're going to do some things to get some other receivers open. But Tampa Bay, there was a lot of talent on that team as it was. It was just unbridled talent. I mean I think now that they've got a coach who can come in if he can get the guys to buy in. That's the hardest part when you go from a players coach to a badass coach. I mean, this guy's coming in here ready to whip some ass, okay? And some guys are going to buy in and some guys aren't. So if he can get some guys to buy in, some leaders to buy in, that's why they went out and got a Carl Nix and Vincent Jackson free agency. Buy in, they will because he's the guy who paid them. So they'll buy in. If he can get other guys to follow, a lot of talent already there. They're going to be very physical up front. Yeah, their offense. their front four is it should be dominant on paper. Those guys are those it's are high paper. pedigree guys. It's at on least. paper. I mean, those, those are also high injury guys. I mean, and that's that's the thing that they've really got to uh, figure out. You know, they they've got better. They've got some. They go out in the draft and got some linebackers, which is what they had to do. Their linebackers last year were awful. Watching them play, you could just see offense just come up to the line of scrimmage saying, "We're picking on you today," and it was it was just a mess. But I think. Also, the, the running game that they're going to be able to set up with Doug Martin and LeGarrette Blunt, the play-action pass deep downfield to Vincent Jackson and really just Ben and Mike Williams, going to be much better. I yeah, mean, again, like the same point I made about Johnny Knox. Mike Williams now, you slot him as your number two. He should be dynamite this year, right? I mean, well, you now can, you, Vincent Jackson's going to get, the, uh, get the, the double coverage. He's going to get the attention from the secondary. Mike Williams should make hay in year three. Yeah, I mean, you should. I mean, their receivers aren't, aren't near. They didn't seem as explosive as they did the year before. Those guys have been at the Golden Corral buffet line or something because, I mean, they, <laughs> they were easy to cover. But Tampa ran a lot of really basic pass routes, what they call two-man mirror routes, and they were just easy to cover. So, uh, you know, hopefully Shiano, for the Bucks' sake, can come in and diversify things a little bit so Josh Freeman can get back on track because they were just a, an utter disaster 
last year. Well, they lost 10 in a row, I think, to end the season. I mean, yeah, that's, they that's shameful. Quit. Well, yeah. uh, you know, but so you say the Bears, though, are the biggest challenger there. Alshon Jeffrey, I bet you, again, as a number two wide receiver or a number three wide receiver, I like, I like, I, I mean, I like their, the, the overall group of guys that they have um, catching passes from Cutler, whether or not. Again, they keep them upright this year. They were better last year than they were in the... They're not going to be doing those seven-step drops with Mike March there. They're going to do some things to get the ball out of his hand. Yeah, so they should. So the offense should be better. The defense is dynamite. And for what it's worth, it seems like over the last couple of years, for whatever reason, Mike McCarthy, as good as he is, Lovey Smith and company play the Packers consistently better than anyone he, else in the he, league. He, I don't know why it's, it's that like, is. It's like McCarthy panics when they play the Bears. And you, I'm serious. You talk to people, they're like... That's the one team he gets in and he plays it so close to the vest, whereas against every other team, I mean, watching them orchestrate an offense is a thing of beauty. And his play calling, again, other than Sean Payton, he goes for the jugular every play. They're not trying to move the chains. They're trying to get across that goal line every play. They get against the Bears, man, they play it so close. They play not to make a mistake. And it's interesting to hear people around the NFL just talk about it when those two teams meet. It keeps the Bears in the game almost every time they play. Yeah, so I would be scared if I were a Packers fan of that. Um, uh, but let's remember, though, the thing that that, that must be um, uh, with with Nick, uh, you know, Nick Collins goes out and the defense was atrocious and all the injuries on the offensive line and everything else with the Packers. They still went fifteen and one. Yeah, and the point I made from August on last year was. Aaron Rodgers is the best player in the game, for not just quarterback. He's the best player. He's better than Tom Brady or any other QB you want to throw out there. And people say, oh, too soon, Dave. You're, you're crazy. Yeah, he's the best. And let's remember how good he is. And, you know, they're 15-1. and one. If I would have been right and they win the Super Bowl, unquestioned he would be a Hall of Famer right now, Aaron Rodgers. You know, if you get the, you get the second ring, you're all but guaranteed. Unless you're Jim Plunkett. Unless you're Jim Plunkett. You get two rings. You're in the Hall of Fame, basically. Aaron Rodgers is dying. Dynamite. But yes, that division. And what about the Lions? Do the Lions? They didn't get. Uh, what were they thinking? Not get it, drafting the best corner available in that division. Yeah, I mean, I guess they figured they they needed to, to tighten some things up on the offensive line. I mean, Riley Reef fell to them. They, that that's one where you have to. We've got to take the guy. Mm-hmm. Okay, we weigh the options. They do have some issues on the offensive line. Where's their money invested? Quarterback, wide receiver. Okay, we've got to get better. We've got to do something with the running game. Job at best. We don't know how long he's going to be able to play because of the concussion issue. But Michael Lashore is coming back. I love him this year. If it weren't, you know, uh, our pal Fabiano reminds me that uh, Lashore is likely to be sitting down for a few games for uh, for for getting busted with the weed. But if he, you know, if he had sixteen games, I would love him in uh, in, in fantasy. In fantasy, sure. fantasy but, but it's you know it's the NFL. You know, as long as he's there at the end of the year. Yeah, I, I'm just, but but yes, but that's a, as a side note. But yes, he should really benefit. Javid Best, uh, you know, really at this point shouldn't maybe even be be playing at, at this point as injury prone and with the with the shots to the head that he's taken. But Lashore should be terrific for them. So the offense should be just about well, unstoppable. And, and you look at this division. You talk about having cornerbacks. Name one in that division, really. I mean, Tremont Williams. I mean, yeah, Charles, he's the best. Charles, right? Charles Woodson is the guy, and Tremont mm-hmm. Williams is probably the next best cornerback in the league. And you saw what happened to the Packers. So that I mean, <laughs> that's the Paul Westhead, Loyola Marymount division. Outscore the opponent. I know. Just, the NFC hoping, North of all, divisions, of all divisions for it to be, for that to be the <laughs> right. case is crazy. 
So, I mean, yeah, I mean, just turn it loose and, you know, you know, no more rollerball in that division. They're going to go ahead and just score points. Well, let's, so then, you know, I, we'll, we'll stay NFC focused because I don't want to hold you up because we could do this for an hour and a half at least. Well, um, Black Tie gets us out in time. You might be able to see Steve Weich on Total Access tonight. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, Steve Weich, a programming note. If you're listening to this on Tuesday, you can catch him on Total Access talking about this very subject. But, you know, we talked about this with Eisen last week. I'll bring it up to you again. I feel like, what were the Browns thinking? I understand that people love Trent Richardson and, you know, the the difference from him to the second best running back available in the draft was a a humongous drop-off. So I get it from that perspective. But in that division... That division still does stuff to run. What va- I mean, great. So Trent Richardson should be a powerful back, but against the Ravens, Steelers, and now the Bengals, who are, are, are emerging as a consistently uh, tough-to-run-against team, what value does that have? They need a pass catcher, right? Well, I mean, you would think so, but then if you say, well, we've got a quarterback with a popgun arm, you know, not knowing that maybe Brandon Whedon was going to be their guy when they went to 22, they probably said, let's run the ball. We've got a... a Quarterback in Cole McCoy who can't fling it. We do play in cold weather games out here where the wind is a factor. And who's the best player available? The best player available is Trent Richardson. Now, to, to, to tra- the trade, I, I, I really think Minnesota said, hey, look, we've got all these teams coming up to get Trent Richardson. Who they were, I don't know, because I know Tampa Bay at five wasn't coming up to get him. They they bluffed it, but you know that, that wasn't where they really wanted to go. So... You, you kind of wonder, you know, Minnesota wasn't taking them. They're going to take Khalil, so. They should have taken Claiborne, by the way, the Vikings. In that division, again, you talk about that division doesn't I, I, have I, I a shutdown guy. I disagree. Where's really? the money invested? Adrian Peterson and in the cornerback. And, again, they play that Tampa two-corner stuff. They don't they don't need a dynamic one-on-one cornerback right there. I mean, they, you've got to get a tackle. That offensive line was awful. And if you're going to invest a first-round pick in a quarterback, you've got to give them a fighting chance. Oh, they're going to be picking, I believe me. They're, hear me now, believe me later. They're going to be taking Matt Barkley or another no, I, quarterback I, and I'm next with you. year. And I, and I think them in Cleveland, the teams that were 3-4 and four this year, are going to be 1-2 and two next year. Mm-hmm. Um, because I just don't know the quarterback situation, how that's going to work out. As we're talking about Trent Richardson right now, it's going to be tough sledding in that division, especially when Cleveland's probably going to be playing from behind a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. And they're going to have to throw the ball to play catch-up. So his value in that regard... You know, they better get some leads early, and they better have Josh Cribbs return some kickoffs for touchdowns uh, because otherwise they're going to have to throw the ball to get points on the board. And that's why I think your point about getting a receiver probably helps them out. But, again, they probably didn't know that Brandon Whedon was going to be their guy at 22. And so they said, let's get a guy who we can at least use to control the ball and try to rely on our defense, which is actually pretty decent, to get a decent field position so we can at least kick field goals like the 49ers I, I, well, I got off on a tangent about the Browns because I just think that was a, a huge blunder, <laughs> and they've been so praised for, for their draft when they didn't get a wide receiver. They uh, Brandon Whedon would have been there for them in the second round. I don't know who was jumping ahead of them. I don't know about I, that now. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not who would sure have taken there him? Were the some, Packers to back up uh, yeah, Rodgers? I'm, I'm not sure. I heard there were some teams that really liked him. But I knew that, huh. but I had also heard on draft that Cleveland was in love with him. I mean, I know they're talking about, like, you know, they really wanted Kendall Wright, the Baylor wide receiver uh-huh. there at 22. But I had heard all day they are taking Whedon at 22 if he is there, they expect him to be there. It seems like somebody bluffed them, is what it seems to me. But so let's so let's so because we're trying to stay NFC focused. Mm-hmm. You've been all over more than anyone that I can think of, all over this Saints uh, business as it's unfolded here. First thing, 
what about Drew Brees? And you know, I, I assume everything's going to end up uh, working out there. My, that's my that's my hunch. Let's let's say that that happens. How good can this team be without Peyton? In that what you what you have pointed out, a rugged division. What is the expectation for this team? I think they can be good, but you know, I, I've spent a lot of time around the team in the past three or four years, and they've got a great veteran core of guys. There's only one star. Everyone else is kind of the blue collar guy, but. If they don't have Vilma there for the whole year, he's the Drew Brees on that defense. And even though his play has suffered, mm-hmm. you talk about a smart guy who gets everybody positioned to do what they had to do. Well, statistically, you just see as soon as he comes back, that defense is transformed. Yeah, it's year. it's it's so much better. And you know, now they're learning a new defense. And Steve Spagnuolo's got to have a three-down middle linebacker. You know, in his defenses, that's what's worked. It worked with Antonio Pierce. You know, it, it worked. You know, to some degree with James Laurinaitis in St. Louis. That defense wasn't got off until the injuries hit. So. You know, they're, they're going to lose a leader in that regard. So much of the onus now is going to be on Drew Brees because Sean Payton not only is a great play caller and a great play designer, but on every single play, the Saints change personnel formations. They out-personnel you before there's a snap of the ball. And for Drew Brees to say, okay, send in X personnel, call this play, and we're going to execute. That's a lot in the, in the midst of a game, especially if they're going down for two minutes to score, something like that. Now they've got a plan in place, or they'll be able to work on through preseason with Pete Carmichael, the offensive coordinator, and Aaron Cromer, the offensive line coach. They'll have some type of a plan. But Sean Payton, I'm, I mean, you cannot underestimate the value that guy has to that team. Him not being there is going to be huge. And, and my thing is they've got the talent, they've got the experience, and they've got the guts. And now they've got the, another rallying a maypole to rally around, so to speak. Mm-hmm. But what happens if Jimmy Graham has to go out for three or four games? Ouch. That's another obstacle we have to get there. What happens if you go on a two- or three-game losing skid? Do you have enough of that fortitude to get through it? We can sit here and say, now, sure, these guys have been through it. They, they, they've been through Katrina. They've been through tough spells. But they always had their quarterback and the head coach in place. Okay, now one of those is going to be missing. Well, Drew Brees hasn't even signed his contract yet. That'll get he? done. I mean, I, I think that'll get done before they have a mandatory mini camp or something like that. He'll he will be in there at some point. I think they fully understand they've got to get that done. But it's just, I mean, no team has had to go through this for their for their head coach. Yeah, there's coaching changes that could happen. Coaching changes in the middle of the season, but that's usually when teams are horrible. I mean, this is a team coming in knowing the deck is stacked against it nobody's going to pity them. I mean, this is the opportunity. I spoke to somebody from the, from the Atlanta Falcons actually this morning who said, if we can't get them this year, then something's really wrong. <laughs> so teams are coming after them. So they've got a, they've got a bullseye on there. I mean, it is so much to think that they're going to get out of it. At the same time, they're still Well, Sean Payton. I fear now that they're going to do a San Antonio Spurs. They're going to end up so bad, they're going to be at the top of the draft next year. <laughs> uh, get a stud. And then they go back. The well, following. Sean Payton and, and every NFL coach must be thinking right now, I hope this team goes 0-16 because if they don't, then what value do we have? Apparently, I'm not that important. Right? <laughs> what about uh, – last question for you is, uh, be, uh, the, is the NFC West. To me, something else we've been talking about quite a bit over the last few months is that that division is emerging. It's been a punchline because of uh, the 7-9 and nine Seahawks won it a couple of years ago. But the fact is the Niners are, are legit. They should have been yep. in the Super Bowl over the Giants, really. And, um, and, and, you know, the Seahawks, that offensive line, young but coming together Very now. Very nice defense. Marshawn Lynch, defense is really good. I 
question some of the moves they've made, but apparently I've been wrong on that count with uh, with Carroll and company. That team is good. The Cardinals. I don't. Uh, the, I guess that's. You know, I think Jeff Fisher will turn the the Rams around just in time for them to move to Los Angeles. But what about the Cardinals <laughs> with Beanie Wells? And is it going to be Kevin Cobb? And that defense has some interesting pieces. What about them? I know you say Seattle is the most mm-hmm. likely to challenge. What about the Cardinals? I like them. I mean, their defense is really good last year. Yeah. People people don't talk about what they did defensively, but that offensive line is still. I mean, going back to Kurt Warner, he masked. So much of the weaknesses on that offensive line, and it really hasn't gotten much better. For as much as we want to put on their quarterback situation, that offensive line has really done it no favors. So if they can get that aspect of things together, they've got the tools. Because Michael Floyd, you get him the ball in a little short hitch. Larry Fitzgerald, you play a little horizontal passing game, and boom, you throw something over the top. Those two guys, you throw it up, and they can win a jump ball. That that can help there. I don't know if Beanie Wells is going to be able to beat out uh, – the kid Williams. from Virginia Tech. Ryan Williams, 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 Williams from Williams. last year. Yeah, I mean, he's they, a year <laughs> delayed, right? They really liked him before he had sure. the injury. So yeah. just, he was awesome at Virginia yeah, Tech. Yeah. Having having that combo, that's going to make them a, a bigger threat. And I mean, and so that's going to be kind of the wrinkle in the division because San Francisco's not a great offensively. Seattle's not great offensively. They're going to be – I mean, Seattle's great. I mean, San Francisco's great defensively. Seattle's going to be really good. If Arizona can put up 21 points on those teams – They've got a good shot. Now that's not going to be easy, but I think that, I think Arizona is a team we need to keep an eye on. My big concern with them is just their offensive line, and again, the quarterback play we don't really know. But Ken Wisenhunt's a pretty creative offensive guy. I think he can find a way if they can get just some type of consistency. I mean, if Kevin Cobb can be Alex Smith, I, I think they've got a shot. Yeah, I agree with you. What's I that? mean, it seems to me, don't you think it's funny that Sam Bradford is the most solidly in the, the number one spot? I wouldn't be surprised if Alex Smith at some point, if he were lousy early in the year, that you might see Kaepernick. I mean, are we assuming that Matt Flynn, I am, I'm assuming Matt Flynn is going to beat out I'm Tavares not. Jackson. I'm I not. like Tavares Jackson. Yeah. I think that Vikings team a couple of years ago was Brett Favre when they're in the title game. I think if Tavares Jackson had been their starting QB all year, but Brett Favre never happens. I think that team would have gone twelve and four with Tavares yeah, Jackson. I, I don't know about that. I mean, Brett Favre did some some pretty spectacular stuff, and, and his and his gamesmanship really rallied a lot of people to play a little bit better than maybe they normally would have. I mean, he he was a true galvanizing force uh, when it came to doing stuff on. But the that field. team was loaded, though, even without Favre. Well, I mean, yeah, but that was the same team for the most part that was on the field last year, a couple years older. But I mean, they they you know they had some they had some pieces, but Favre kept that defense off the field. They were able to move the chain, so they they you know and they were able to get leads where Jared Allen and those guys you know could mm. could you know get some things going. But Tavares Jackson, when he was healthy last year, when he came back from that pec injury, much more competitive team. That defense, what they're building on that front seven and those two corners. I mean, these guys. Are like predators. I mean, they're like six one, six two, long armed guys. If they get their hands on you, it's a wrap. Earl Thomas is an excellent safety. I love what they got going defensively. If they don't turn the ball over, they could be again. They could be a frightening team. I mean, not. I mean, not not so much as they're going to put up thirty points a game and be gangbusters, but a team that nobody wants to reckon with, especially up there in that stadium. 
Well, all right. Well, listen, great stuff. I, you know, I wish we, like I say, we could uh, do the whole uh, AFC as well. Perhaps we'll do that at some point soon. In the meantime, though, the great Steve Weish, uh, check out uh, both the AFC and NFC columns uh, about who's going to challenge for the division crown there. You can check those out at NFL.com. And, of course, look for the Cover 2 podcast. It comes out when? Every Wednesday? Every Wednesday. Out? We got to get you guys on, man. You, you guys, you guys oh, free well, tomorrow? Listen. Oh, yeah. we oh, got yeah, free well, tomorrow. Oh, we sure. got plenty of time. I don't know what to. Yeah, I'm we'll down. I, I'd love to do it. Build one, yeah. Let's I'd do love it, man. to do it, Weish. And I'm sorry you had to feel the sting of the Han Solo edition blaster, but again, off you the did top it to turnbuckle too. Well, though that was, yeah. I mean, that was like Jimmy Superfly Snooker coming down on me. man. <laughs> I just want you to understand that in Studio 66, I always have the Han Solo edition blaster. So even if I'm on the Cover Two podcast, don't think that don't think that makes you. And when we were doing the Cover. Too, I am Lando Calrissian, sir. <laughs> ah. So you cannot blast an ally like that because I saved your backside at least once. <laughs> well, yeah, you got him when you, when you put him in the carbon freeze. That's right. You fed him to Boba Fett in the, in the Empire. <laughs> That's right. So you're like Calrissian up in Cloud City when 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 the podcast is going. I like that. Just don't let the smooth taste. You're free. under. Yeah, you're underhanded. But I won the Falcon from you <laughs> in, a, right. in a card that game. That was pretty clean. That yeah. was pretty clean. All right. Okay, Weish. Listen, <laughs> a pleasure uh, to see you. One of the uh, one of the nicest fellows around here look always working see i'd like to see that sort of hustle out of you rank the whole interview he's working the text messages because who knows he's an insider he's an nfl insider so he's I, constantly... do, I will i will have calls to make as soon as did you have any on. did you have any breaking news while well, you i got were in one here? from a 504 area code so that's new orleans so Ooh. we'll see uh-oh all right. Well, well, we'll we'll let you break that on total access on uh, Tuesday night or maybe on the Cover Two podcast. Uh, Steve Weish, thanks very much for coming in today. Thanks for having me on, guys. All right, Rank. So, like I say, there he goes, and mm-hmm. we will now move on. We'll do a part two. Today is Tuesday. Black tie. Let's hold on. Let's do a part two that focuses on on uh, you know we'll we'll have our conversation about sixty six and and. Uh, and so on. Let's do that for Thursday. Of course, we also have to do our top 100. We're doing um, we're doing uh, 71 to in, in number 80 down to 71. The top 100 NFL players. Mm-hmm. We'll do that. Look for that on Wednesday. There's a lot to juggle here. You know, it's right. kind of like it's kind of like when Dieter Brock got to the Rams and had to learn that offense. There's a lot for him to handle coming from the CFL down to to the NFL. <sighs> what you didn't feel like that was organic? <sighs> I'm going to allow it, you know? I'll leave that up to our uh, listener, Dan of Thunder. Why? Why does he get to – why is it up to him? Because he's listened to every second of the show, and he's been so kind enough to count it. So what? He we, we make our Dieter Brock references, who can do it organically in the show. If episode 66 is your first experience with the show, so be it. We see who can name Dieter Brock organically first. Black Tie, how say you? Was that an organic reference to Dieter Brock? It works. Yeah, we'll see. There you All go. Right. Point. Because I had it, I had it, I had a Dieter Brock uh, ready to go, but I Did felt you? like uh, it was a little cheap. I don't care. So um, I'll take it. I'll take the points. All right. So we'll. Uh, so here's here's how the rest of the week lays out. If you're still tuned in here, um, so we have uh, part one of episode sixty six. We then on Wednesday we'll have the top one hundred review show that comes out promptly following the NFL Network's um, airing of that episode. Again, it'll be 80 to 71. And then on Thursday, a bonus sort of podcast, part two of episode 66, where we will be discussing um, the virtues of 66 Lemieux 
in uh, in terms of how he ranks in significance to a single franchise, and maybe in uh, hockey too. Maybe we'll do in some hockey talk. You're you're excited with the L.A. Kings. You mm-hmm. can be a part of that, right, Rank? Yes, sir. All right, great. All right. So uh, with that being said, thanks to uh, Black Tie for 33 shows worth of uh, of effort, and uh, to the great Adam. More Rankin. like we, about uh, three, actually. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, you yeah. really. I, I was trying to praise you. mailed you. it in a bunch, but that's all right. Thanks to uh, the great Steve Weish for uh, for joining us and uh, to to rank uh, kudos and muzzle tub to you on getting to uh, one million downloads. We'll be back with more Huey and applesauce later on. But in the meantime, thanks so much, football fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.